Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Meta, a podcast about podcasts. Today's guest is Amantha Imber, who is the host of the number one productivity podcast in the store at the moment, How I Work. I'm a total hot mess when it comes to how I work and how I plan my day because of the lockdown, because I'm starting a new job, uh, because I'm starting a new job where I'm my own boss. And so I thought this was a great opportunity to to really chat to Amantha about some of her best techniques and getting things done. And this is the first of a crossover episode, actually. I'll be on Amantha's show coming up uh, where I do explain uh, some of the techniques I uh, I use now to, to get through my day. So uh, if you are interested in that, then you can head on over to uh, How I Work and, and check out some of my tips and tricks. But for now, we're going to hear from the expert herself, not from some idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's talk about your show. I would imagine um, I find I am completely struggling myself and have been more this year in kind of getting things done and staying on top of where I'm supposed to be and also kind of work-life balance. Uh, do you think that this is one of the reasons why your show is kind of taking off as it is? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely, I mean, it's kind of, it's grown since its inception. So it's been running now for nearly two and a half years. And I think that definitely with the shift to working from home, people have been thrown into this environment where they've had to reset their habits and their routines and the way they approach their work. So I know that um, the, like the podcast has definitely grown because of that, but I feel like it's, it's been like steady growth from, uh, from, from when I launched a couple of years ago. No, that, that makes total sense to me because so often um, when I'm doing these, these interviews, it gets pitched, uh, the shows I'm talking about get pitched to me as like this overnight success. And then I look back and there's a good three or four years of, of groundwork that has gone into that overnight success. <laughs> Sorry, not an overnight success. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about the journey then. So, so okay, you started a couple of years ago. Um, what, what were the first couple of episodes like? Do you still cringe? Oh, sorry, do you cringe if you listen to them now or? Oh, it's been so long since I've listened to them. But you know what? I don't think I would cringe simply because the very first interview I did is still one of my favorites. So in in terms of your question around, well, how did it come about? So I'd been wanting to start a podcast for years. I'd been talking about starting a podcast for years and it probably took years for me to Firstly, go, okay, I just need to do it. And secondly, yeah, this is a topic that I could get really excited about for a long, long time. Mm. So, so, so that kind of all came together. And the other thing that proved really good in terms of timing is that I was attending my first TED conference in Vancouver. So TED proper, if you like, mm-hmm. and that proved to be a really great way to secure some initial guests that were, uh, I guess, quite high profile and probably guess that I couldn't have got straight off the bat had it not been for the fact that I was able to meet them in person and have a chat to them about the podcast. So the very first interview I did was with one of 
one of my uh, academic heroes, Adam Grant, who is an organizational psychologist and the host of Work Life and a professor at Wharton. And so when I look back at my early interviews, um, gosh, it's kind of dependent on the guests as to whether I cringe or not, because I, I love having Adam on the show. And I'm not saying you should. I'm just, I was just wondering. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, 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 should, I cringe I should. at episodes I recorded three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think, you know, when you're just listening back to your voice every week, several times a week, you just become desensitized. So the, the kind of the cringeworthy factor is, I, I think I'm just desensitized to it is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm there yet, but uh, that's why I'm doing a daily show to, to really get it out of my system quickly. So I can see Adam Grant was one of your first guests. Can you remember any of his advice? A few that have stuck with me. One is the power of batching meetings. So doing meetings back to back. So this is something that Adam does in his own life. And there was some interesting research that showed that if you've got a meeting coming up in your diary, like in the next hour or two, you'll actually be 22% less productive. Hmm. And I, I, I heard that and I'm like, that totally makes sense because there's not enough time to get into flow. You're kind of, you know, fluffing around doing little bits and pieces, making sure that you don't miss the start time of the next meeting. And so definitely batching meetings was something that, I have tried to do since then. Uh, something else I got, and I think this was from my interview with Adam, although I've heard it a handful of times now, is to finish the day on a downhill slope. So this is where okay. you finish basically mid-task. So let's just say, um, you know, we we both do writing um, with, uh, you know, some of the, the various hats that we both wear. And so rather than, say, finishing a draft of an article, you would actually finish mid-sentence or mid-paragraph, which means that when you start work the next day, it's a lot easier to just get into the swing of things and not procrastinate because you've got an easy start because essentially you've parked on a downhill slope. So there are a couple of things that have stuck with me. That's really, really fascinating. I, I especially like the, the the batch meeting idea because, yeah, I, I've, I absolutely find that in myself. Like, yeah, I, I can spend an entire day pondering the question I'm about to ask someone like you. Whereas so sometimes I wish I could just, you know, wake just before the episode is, is ready to be recorded. <laughs> yeah, if only. <laughs> mm. But um, uh, what are some of those, uh, I mean, I, I, the, the term life hack is so overused, but what, what are some of those, those other kind of tips that have stayed with you from some of your guests? Sure. So I got some really interesting ones from this guy called Brian Scudamore, who's the co-founder and CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, amongst other companies. So it's about like a a half billion dollar set of companies that he runs. And something that he does is he's very much about if he's on holiday or if he's on a break, he's on a break from work and he's not going to like dip into his email or social media or anything like that. And to actually do that as opposed to being sucked in, because we all know how easy it is to be sucked in by those technologies and digital distractions, Mm. he gets his assistant to change his password for his email (laughs) and social media accounts. So he literally cannot get in. He can't even break in. And that stuck with me. I I personally love that. Um, And uh, something else that, I mean, so gosh, so so many things stick with me. Uh, so someone that I was 
so excited to interview is Cal Newport, who uh, is a um, computer science professor at Georgetown and also the author of several best-selling books, including Deep Work, which has had a profound impact on how I work. And Cal talked about how he would uh, have, he has different types of deep work that he does. So for example, there's writing work, there's solving computer science problems kind of work um, as a couple of examples. And he'll have Mm. different physical environments that he will associate with that deep work. So for example, he, in his home study, he got this desk custom made that's designed to look like the desks that he had when he was a student at university. And that's where he does his writing deep work. Whereas if he's trying to, yeah, if he's trying to work through, let's say a computer science uh, problem or theorem. I don't know if I've used the right language there. He will walk. Um, so he will go for a walk sort of around his campus or between his home and his campus. And I thought that's really interesting thinking about the different categories of deep focused work that you have to do and then linking that to a particular physical environment. And that makes sense psychologically because mm-hmm. then you get into that flow state more quickly because your your associations are linked to that physical environment and that kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. I I found that when I uh, when when this whole pandemic twenty twenty uh, thing happened, um, my desk was about five centimeters from the end of my bed, and it was, <laughs> funnily enough, not the most um, you know uh, productive work environment that I could have. I, I've been able to thankfully move things around now, and now I've got a kind of dedicated spot um, just for the desk, and and I really try to make a point of when I finally get to the end of the day of getting up from the desk and not touching it again, because I, you know, I, I have far too many distractions. I'm on Twitter and Slack and everything else all the time. And so I find that like the only way I can ever relax if, is if I stand up and, and put that the giant computer away and, and uh, walk over to the couch. And, and yeah, that <laughs> it's funny how, how these little, so much of, of your environment, will will play into the way uh, you you behave. This is terrible. I'm I'm sitting here talking to you about uh, productivity and an app is yelling at me in the background and I have to find out which one so I can silence it. Um but yeah, that is that is such such the world we live in now. Like what what is your approach say to um uh notifications on your phone? Do you do you have any notifications on the phone? Uh, really more I, how I control the notifications is I use do not disturb mode. So sometimes I find after work notifications can be useful or when I'm doing shallow work, let's say, so work that is non-cognitively demanding, I don't Mm -hmm. mind being interrupted by the phone ringing or a text message coming through. So more what I will do, and I mostly tend to control it from my Apple watch actually, is just using do not disturb mode. So yeah. I find that that is simplest as opposed to manually going through and turning off notifications for everything. So there might be three or four apps that I do have notifications switched on from, but I kind of like having a master control, which is what I think about do not disturb mode on my Apple Watch as being. So typically I'm in do not disturb mode until I've done a couple of deep work sprints. So that might be two lots of 60 to 90 minute sprints in the morning, kind of like really knocking over the most important stuff that I need to get done that okay. day. And then I go a little bit easier on myself and I let notifications come in if uh, if I'm doing something where I, I won't interrupt like a flow state if I'm being interrupted. 
Did you find the Apple Watch was one of those moments, though, where you suddenly needed to to decide what was allowed to, to beep? Um, I, I found for me, especially like there, there's one thing about a phone kind of beeping in your pocket that you can ignore. But when your wrist is actually lighting up, um, that really shows just how many applications out there are begging for our attention at any time. Oh, I know. Yeah. if Yeah. I, I'm very strict on what I let into the Apple watch because otherwise I find it just drives me nuts. And I've had an <laughs> Apple watch for so long. Like yeah. I don't even remember what it's like to just have your phone and, you know, either have that on silence or ringing as the way that you control what interrupts you because I've had the watch for so long and like the, probably the, the things that I use most frequently on the watch aside from obviously telling the time mm-hmm. uh, is that I, I use the pedometer uh, to see how many steps I've done. So I mainly use it as a fitness app and I also use the timer and I actually use the timer function. And I know that I could use the, uh, the timer function on the iPhone, but I've, I guess, turned it into a bit of a habit where if I've got a task to do and I know that I could get lost in the task, but mm. I also know that I've got something coming up in let's say 30 minutes or 60 minutes. Quite often I'll set the timer just so I don't lose myself and then be late for the thing that I've got coming up. So I find that quite a useful hack that, uh, that I think the watch is really handy for. What about one of the issues I I have found um, when I've chatted to friends uh, we're we're all in this moment of trying to figure out how to get things done um, in, in this brand new environment at home. And a bunch of my friends have, have made the joke that they spend so much time looking and, and evaluating pro, uh, productivity apps that they just don't have time to get things done. So are there, are there one or two apps out there that you just absolutely love to death that you could recommend? A hundred percent there are. And yes, I have fallen down that trap myself. Um, but luckily, guests on the show, I've got no shortage of software uh, <laughs> app recommendations. So look, my go-to ones uh, for email, in terms of email clients, I love Superhuman. Uh, I imagine that might be one that you've come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a huge waiting I, list, but it's great. It was, yeah, talk me through it because I, I've, I've seen the, I saw the waiting list and then I saw a couple of uh, stories about it being a little bit um, I don't know. It felt like a bit of a privacy intrusion to the people who were emailing you. And so I, I never kind of followed up on that. So, so why do you love Superhuman? I love Super. They say that it's the fastest email experience and it is. It's super fast. I think once you know your way around all the shortcuts, um, I find that I can be really quick with email and it's got all the functionality, like reminding me if someone hasn't replied, um, letting me know if someone's actually received the email, obviously like having canned responses and things like that. And just the interface is really clean. So I've never been a fan of Gmail because there's just too much going on, Mm -hmm. even with the different views and settings that you can do. Um, But I find I used to be crazy about Newton until they closed Mm -hmm. down, but then they reopened. And I found that Superhuman is a really similar user interface to Newton, sorry if I'm just like getting too geeky and I'm just like lost a billion listeners there. Um, But anyway, it's sad that I know every (laughs) single one of these apps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now, what? um, And I also like Superhuman because I can just 
close it down. It's not on my browser. Obviously I can close down Gmail, but I just like the idea of closing down software completely to be out of email. So I do love Superhuman. Uh, I recently came across another email client called Tempo, which actually helps you batch email. So the default setting on Tempo, I haven't used it yet because I am quite a superhuman nut. Um, but the the default setting is that it lets you check email twice a day and that's it, which I think is a really brave move because email programs are trying to get you using it as often as possible. I mean, that's part of the model. So I'm kind of, I'm keen to experiment with Tempo, maybe if I can remove myself from superhuman. So that's superhuman. Uh, for calendar, Actually, Again, no, no, um, I, yeah. I'll stop you there because th- I find that really fascinating. I've got a mate of mine who only checks email, um, uh, I think, two times a day or one time a day. And, you know, look, he's, he's uh, worth a lot more than I am. And I, I think that, you know, there's, that's a status thing. You, you only get to very good rules about email when you're kind of the boss. Like no one else gets away with that kind of crap. Um, I don't know. I, I beg to differ. Certainly, really? at, in, yeah, at Inventium. If you email someone on the team, chances are there's probably a 50% chance that if you email them in the morning, because we all test our chronotype, so most of us uh, are, are larkish or do our best work in the morning. And therefore, it means that most of us, if we're not delivering work to a client or running a workshop or a keynote or something like that, we're probably in deep work mode. And so therefore, we've probably got uh, an out-of-office autoresponder on that says don't expect an email from me because I'm doing deep work. Yes. Mm. Yes. So that's, uh, so that's our team. And it's something that we put in, well, we recommend that clients do it in the training programs that we run. And I think a lot of them do take our advice. So Mm. I don't know. I reckon it's possible. Even if you're not the boss, you can still batch emails. I mean, you know, people, people have this false sense of idea of what constitutes urgent or what an emergency is. Like Mm. if someone is not going to die, I don't think it's an emergency. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And what about Slack? I mean, because uh, do, do you use Slack in your no. office? No, we've we've tried Slack. We don't use Slack. I know that some people in the team will use uh, just the the Google chat function mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because every, everyone else uses Gmail. I think I'm the only one that uses Superhuman. Uh, so we tried Slack. We didn't find that it really added much to the way that we work. Something I heard interestingly, I had a guest on the show from GitLab whose name was Darren Murph, and he's the head of remote at GitLab. It was one of my favorite interviews from this year. and. He talked about that at GitLab, they use Slack, but it's only for social chit chat. So it's almost the water cooler of GitLab because they're a remote first company. And Mm. I thought that's really interesting, just having Slack for social interactions. So interestingly, we have a WhatsApp group at Inventium. So we're all on this WhatsApp group, which I guess is kind of like a Slack without channels. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where we post our water cooler chit chat, particularly now that we've been working remote since March. So yeah, I, so I, I, 
um, yeah, we, we couldn't get Slack to stick uh, at Inventium. Yeah, it just feels like, you know, it's one of those funny things of like, we all, we, we can all see that email is broken and, and we all get too much email and it's too hard to get through the day. And I, I just love that Silicon Valley's response to that was, let's make something that's always on and always yelling at you. And, and people <laughs> will just naturally assume that you're always in front of it and will always respond. A hundred percent. And I just remembered it would be remiss of me not to mention hey.com in terms of email, because for my personal email, I have now switched over to hey.com and I was uh, quite excited to get the email account, Amantha at hey.com and feel free to email me there, although I might block you. Um, (laughs) So hey.com, I love it. Um, It's from the creators of Basecamp and Mm -hmm. uh, those guys are just amazing. I'm sure you're a fan as well. And it, it rethinks the workflow of email, which I'm really loving. And for the first time ever, my personal email inbox is so clean. Oh, that sounds, sounds like a dream. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to try all of these again, but I'm, I'm just so worried about investing so much time into, into these apps that are supposed to make me more productive. Like I feel like maybe it's just worth trying to be productive with the stuff I already know. Yeah. And look, I think that there's something to that because I like if I've got a tech entrepreneur on the show, I'll always ask for software and hardware recommendations. And every now and then I'll come across someone who's like, I just, I just don't invest time in that. You know, I just Mm. do the basics, uh, which I I find quite refreshing, but uh, I think you just need to find good go-to people who you trust so that you're not demoing Mm. countless Mm. pieces of software and hardware, but just kind of find your trusted people and just go, okay, if they think it's good, I reckon I'll invest the time in changing my workflow or changing um, my habits around this. Uh, yeah, I, I like, I don't have heaps of software that I recommend, but the software that I use, I love and I double down on and my workflow changes positively as a result. Fantastic. Well, you, you have, so we've covered email quite quite um, deeply now. Um, can you just give me uh, your favorite to-do list uh, app and your favorite calendar or the f- favorite way to work a calendar? Yeah. So my favorite calendar software is Woven. And I, uh, funnily enough, I, I got the, the superhuman and the Woven recommendations from Tim Kendall uh, who was on my show, How I Work, I want to say a year and a half ago, something like that. And interestingly, he's he's in the uh, the social dilemma. Um, so he used to be the president of Pinterest and then he's now CEO of Moment, which is an app that helps you uh, have healthier phone habits. Mm-hmm. And Woven uses artificial intelligence to help make scheduling easier. And I think the feature that I like best in Woven is that you can have templates for events that you're commonly scheduling. So for example, podcast interviews is something that I would commonly schedule and there are certain things that need to be in the invite. And so I've got a template for that and it just makes it a whole lot easier to schedule guests rather than fiddling around with things. And sure, I could use Calendly or something like that. Um, and there are a few other meetings like that, uh, you know, where there, you know, might be six or seven people that attend that are outside of Inventium 
So I don't have a group that I could send that to if you like. And yeah, just, I, I, I really like that particular feature of Woven. So I do like that. Um, in terms of to-do list software, I was a Wonderlist fan until that got bought. Um, and so now I use things because uh, I'm a Mac user and I, I like the, the, the different levels of kind of projects, tasks and subtasks and checklists. I, I feel like it's just, um, it, it works for me in terms of how I think about these things. And I also use it to store lists as well as being a to-do list software. So for example, you know, books that I want to read rather than mm. having say a page in Evernote, I would have a list in things that's books to read or TV shows to check out or podcasts to check out. So I'll have my to-do list for deep and shallow work tasks and a few kind of project lists. And, and then I'll have list lists of things that mm, I'm going mm. to do one day. Mm. Yeah. I found that's the only way I kind of get things done these days is the second uh, a thought pops into my head, I have to put it in whatever to, to-do list app I'm using, or I know that like three weeks from now, I'll remember that, uh, you know, it'll pop back into my head of like, oh, that's what you were supposed to have done. And it, <laughs> it just really feels like this is one of the biggest struggles that we all have these days of, yeah, of, of trying to capture the tasks that you need to do so that you can find the time to actually plan for them. Definitely. I just think you just need to remove stuff from your head wherever possible. Um, not yours personally, but just people in general <laughs> need to get stuff out of their head and mm-hmm. onto uh, paper or digital paper. And so you're working from home. How have you found, what are some things you've done to uh, enable that that kind of clean break at the end of the day? to really separate work and life? Uh, I would say I have not done that successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do have a clean start to the day. So I've, I've got a pretty good morning rhythm, which which does, it varies a little bit um, depending on whether my daughter's with me. So I've got uh, my six and a half year old daughter, Frankie, with me half the time. So mornings are quite different when she's with me versus not. But, but typically mornings start with, exercise of some kind. Um, and then when I don't have Frankie, I will pretty soon get into work, um, sort of fairly early. If I've got Frankie, then there's, um, school related routines that go with that. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, uh, look, there, there are things that I've tried that if I stuck to them religiously, they would be really good. So something that we, teach a lot of our clients and I know some of the team still do this at Inventium is we have we, we call it like a shutting down your day ritual where an ideal way to finish the work day and this is based on research that we've done where it significantly increases productivity and well-being is you simply write two sentences so the first sentence is today I made progress on dot 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 and you think about like you essentially reflect on what are the things where you made meaningful progress and why this is effective is firstly, we often don't stop and reflect, but Mm. we also know from research from uh, Harvard professor, Teresa Amabile is that making progress on things that matter is the single biggest contributor to us feeling engaged and motivated at work. So stands to reason that if every day we can think about what did I make meaningful progress on we're going to feel a whole lot more excited about our work. Then the second thing that we recommend people do, and that when I'm having a good day, I will do this, is I uh, will finish the sentence, uh, tomorrow will be a great day 
if, if I do, you know, X, Y, or Z. So typically what I will always do is I will time box my day the day before. So I'll have a plan for the following day. And by time boxing, I mean essentially making meetings with myself around what are the key tasks or projects that I want to work on and what do I want to accomplish and approximately how long do I think that will take me. So I've got a clear idea of what's coming the next day, the evening before. I will sometimes not switch off very well. And look, one of the things that I feel makes it a little bit murky is, well, a couple of things. Firstly, I love my work. And so work doesn't feel like work. So Mm -hmm. for example, if I'm editing a podcast episode at seven o'clock at night, many would argue that is work. Um, Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. me, that's really interesting. Um, So I'm just as happy doing that as I am reading a book or um, binge watching something on Netflix. And likewise, the other thing that's further complicated things if I talk about switching off and having boundaries is that I recently launched a second podcast called How to Date. And uh, that that's a show where myself and my closest girlfriend uh, talk about, um, well, we talk to different experts about how to get better at dating when you didn't think you'd be dating again, um, having been out of my marriage for about a year. And that was created as a non-work project, but you could argue that I'm doing work when I'm doing that. So I find it really hard to answer uh, mm-hmm. how do I set boundaries because really I've got no idea. Yeah. And, and that, that rings so true. Uh, every, everyone I know in a creative role uh, finds there is no work-life balance. Like there, there, there are work-life blurs that happen, but not, not balance in, in any kind of clean way. One of the things you just said there that I really loved, uh, it, it, because it was the positivity of the language used is it will be a great day if, because I think so much of how people plan their day, plan their schedule is based on guilt. You know, like, oh, I need to get this done. I've got this, I've got this deadline looming over me. And if I don't get this done, I'm just going to be a wreck where it's, you've totally flipped that around and said, no, 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 of course you have, have it due. But if you do that, that's incredible. Like, it, I don't know. There was something about that that is really lovely. Yeah, it's funny. It reminds me, I, um, I recently had Toria Pitt on, on the show, and yeah, which is an episode I'm releasing uh, in a couple of days, actually. And we were talking about self-talk on the interview. And she said something. I'd also heard this from Dan Pink as well. And it just reminded me in terms of what you say about most people like think about you know, scheduling things out of guilt and the self-talk is, oh, I have to do that. Or even with something like exercise, oh, I have to exercise or I have to go to the gym um, or maybe not the gym because you'll probably die of COVID, but you know, have <laughs> to do home gym workout. Um, and rather than saying I have to, just simply changing that to I get to, I get to exercise, I get to interview such and such for my podcast. I get to finish writing this article and it completely changes your mindset. And I I just think it's such a, such a cool hack. And for me, uh, it was really brought to life because I I do use it. I, I try to work out five mornings a week in my home gym. And there are some mornings where I'm like, oh, I really can't be bothered. But I remembered this tip and I'm like, I get to exercise. I get to exercise and sort of, you know, mildly changed things for me. But then I got an injury and I was kind of not at full capacity for a couple of weeks. And, you know, the physio felt like my home away from home. And then once I was injury free, it really sunk in. It's like, oh, 
I get to exercise. My mm. neck is better. Um, so I think that that can be a useful way to flip things and get rid of that guilt. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I, I never thought I would miss swimming pools as much as I, I am right now in Melbourne. <laughs> I just cannot wait to take my daughter to, to swimming lessons again. It's going to be the greatest day in the world. One other thing I've, I've heard from people in your, your field of expertise, a common issue is that people don't, people always underestimate the time it takes them to do tasks. And that's why they end up feeling so guilty that, oh, I didn't, I only got through this much today. When if they actually took the time to record how long it takes to do a task, um, they will, they see very quickly that they've actually been pretty productive that day. Yes, uh, it is, it is common, the whole planning fallacy. And I think the more, and I remember I, I heard this tip from Cal Newport, who I mentioned earlier, and he says the more we get into the habit of time boxing, so actually essentially scheduling, scheduling meetings with ourselves to do the work and particularly the deep work that we need to do, the better we get at estimating how long something will take us. So certainly with practice, you get better at it. But then Darren Murph, who I also mentioned before, talked about his philosophy around not being 100% scheduled. Because if you're 100% scheduled, nothing can go wrong. If it does, there's stress. There's mm-hmm. no room for spontaneity. There's no room for creativity. So how Darren thinks about his diary is that he'll never be 100% scheduled. And that was definitely a recent tip that stuck with me and has has really changed how I think about my diary. Because previously I would, even if it was just time boxing meetings with myself as opposed to actual meetings involving other people. Mm. Um, I, I, I would be a hundred percent booked in terms of how I would plan out my day. But now I always make sure that I've got an hour or two that is completely unscheduled and it, it completely changes things. It makes days so much less stressful. And it means that if I do want to spend a bit more time on a task or if something is taking longer than I'm anticipated, I'm not feeling stressed or anxious about it. I can simply just go a bit longer and I can kind of like moving Tetris blocks around in my diary, just kind of move things down in in my electronic diary. So I I find those things useful when I think about, um, yes, the the guilt that can come from being overscheduled. Yeah. Yeah. I think if if you've got, I've I've met a couple of people in my life who have the full, you know, 7am till 9pm, every moment, every minute planned out. Um, but there are people who have like, uh, the the one I really remembered was uh, uh, the VC of a university that I used to work for. And they needed that because they were constantly everywhere, but they had three people who looked after their calendar. If you've only got one person looking after your calendar, you're right. You, you, <laughs> just, you, you don't have that ability to just make changes on the fly. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I mean, look, there there is a counter argument to that, which I also think is a good one. And I remember um, this this comes from Nir Eyal, who wrote the book Indistractable and before that wrote the book Hooked, um, both very popular in tech circles and outside of tech circles. And in Indistractable, he talks about the benefits of literally scheduling what you are doing from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed with the theory being, how can you be distracted from something if you weren't consciously doing something in the first place? And 
I kind of think the opposite argument is really interesting to make as well. And just being really conscious and deliberate as to how you are spending your time. Uh, so I, I can see it both ways. Personally, I'm more of the uh, not scheduling, not being scheduled out hundred percent of the time. I'm finding that really works for me. Mm. And so you said that uh, people can actually book you to or book your company to come and, and walk their teams through some of these, uh, some of these uh, improvements and goals. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've got a couple of programs. We've got a, a program for individuals and um, groups of individuals working within organizations. And we've had, I think, like several thousand people go through it now where we put them through a five-week course. It's all delivered virtually, of course. And we get huge improvements in productivity. So we, we typically get sort of a 20 to 25% improvement in productivity over a five-week period. But what's really interesting, I reckon, is that we also measure things like job satisfaction and engagement and just how good people are feeling. And we typically get improvements of between sort of 25 to 30% improvement in how satisfied people are with their job. But mm. the thing is, we're not changing anything about their job. We're simply changing how they approach tasks day to day. And simply through changing the way you work, you can have a huge impact on how much enjoyment you get from your work. And I think that that, that was a really surprising finding um, for me. And it's something that we've replicated time and time again. Uh, but I just think it's it's just, it's really worth, really rethinking how you approach your work um you know particularly during the the work from home era where often we just kind of fall into patterns and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're you know not that good that makes total sense i mean no one wants to be bored at their job but no one wants to feel constantly overwhelmed either and i I feel that um, so many of the people i've known over my career have kind of oscillated between those two two ends of the spectrum, and it's it's just not a healthy way to be. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you so much for your time. And where can people find your work? Well, they can search for how I work wherever they listen to podcasts. They can also search for how to date if you are single and looking for advice on that front. And in terms of the work that I do, you can simply search for Inventium, which is invent with an I-U-M on the end. Um, And you can even type in .com.au and you will find uh, my company's site. My thanks again to Amantha. And like I said, if you would like to hear Uh, some of my tips and uh, techniques and it's mainly software hacks and things like that about how I get through my day Uh, then tune into how I work next week I believe or maybe the week after who knows anyway thank you again to Amantha thank you to Lauren Watson for the artwork thank you to James Smith for all of his help when it comes to spiritual guidance and thank you to the good people out in podcast listener land if you feel so inclined uh it would really help me if you throw a couple of five stars my way on the itunes if you hate the show don't rate me but if you love it then go on over and uh throw me a couple of stars on apple podcasts i love you i'll speak to you next week bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.